Welcome back to The Remote Life. My name is Han Talbot, also known as Han Meets World, and today we'll be chatting with Hannah Brown. Originally from Australia, Hannah is the head of content at eResidency, which offers individuals the freedom to easily start and run a global business in a trusted EU environment. In this episode, we talk about life in Estonia and the digital nomad visa, as well as the e-residency process and how other countries could learn from Estonia's infrastructures. So grab a coffee, a tea or something stronger and let's get started. Hannah, welcome to the Remote Life Podcast. How are you today? Thank you, Han, for having me. I'm really good. Really good to be here. Awesome. So why don't we kick things straight off? Tell us about your remote life journey and how you've got to where you are so far. So I suppose you could say in some ways I've been remote all my life. I grew up in many countries. My parents worked in airlines, so I um, uh, spent a lot of time in Fiji and in obviously in Australia, if you can hear my accent, um, <laughs> and in other countries around the world as well. So remote has kind of you know been fairly natural for me since I was very little. And I've uh, observed my my parents from a young age working in different countries and therefore, you know, going back and forth from Australia to Fiji to countries in Africa and in Asia as well. So for me, it's just sort of part of life, I think. Mm. But uh, more recently, uh, about seven years ago, I moved to Europe to do a master's in Switzerland, in Geneva. Uh, and then I worked there for a few years and then moved to Estonia, where I currently am. Uh, working for the e-residency of Estonia program, which is all about remote work, remote entrepreneurship, and helping people around the world, digital nomads and other entrepreneurs run their business from anywhere. So yeah, it's it's kind of a natural progression from yeah. being a child, being a child in, on the beaches of Fiji to uh, being in cold Estonia now. <laughs> That's also amazing. I love how so many of us have like backstories where, so for example, um, I grew up a in Spain for a few years as a kid and so I'm, I'm pretty sure that like when I was about 12 we, I used to do some extra Spanish classes and we'd be like outside in this tiny Spanish village but again it was you're sitting outside learning and I would say like actually I feel like I learned more Spanish from being in that kind of environment versus then like going back into school about a month later and being in these like four walls and I'm always kind of thinking like wow that I feel like that was probably like where it first started for me was this kind of like I don't want to be confined to a dark space and like one place for the rest of my life just because that's what has always been the thing so I think that makes total sense and that sounds like such an exciting like childhood <laughs> yeah my parents tell a funny story about uh when I was little and we actually came back from Fiji to Australia and I went to, to school and I got in trouble for taking my shoes off in the playground <laughs> and I was like why am I not allowed to take my shoes off? In Fiji, we played in the playground, like, you know, barefoot all the time. <laughs> and I think the teacher, teachers in Australia were like, oh, my gosh, who is this wild child? But um, that's kind of like a very small example of how I think I've probably lived my life ever since. Like, yeah. Yeah, these rules are made to be broken, right? <laughs> yeah, I just want to live my life, man. <laughs> take my shoes off. <laughs> Good class. Oh, uh, well. That's, that leads perfectly into it. So tell us about life in Estonia and how come you decided to pick Estonia? I'll start with the second question first. Um, I actually moved here for the job that I'm working in now. Um, oh. I'm head of content at e-residency, which is a digital ID that Estonia, the Estonian government provides to foreign entrepreneurs to start a company here. And um, when I was actually in Switzerland studying my master's, I was doing a lot of research around digital citizenship uh, remote work, remote entrepreneurship, future of work, these types of topics. And e-residency kept coming up and I mm. sort of became a little bit obsessed with it. 
and followed the journey and actually became an e-resident myself, came to Estonia in 2018. And I remember it was around the same time. It was around this time of year. And I remember standing in the town square in Tallinn and being looking around and saying, I think I could live here. This is a nice place. And then a year later or a year and a half later, um, the e-residency was advertising my role and I applied and within a month or two months I was living here. So it was all sort of meant to be. It was like a very uh, one of these kind of universe <laughs> given yeah. things. And um, in terms of living here, it's it's really, yeah, I've been here for three and a half years now. I moved here a few months before the pandemic. So I would actually say that I have had a different experience to if the pandemic hadn't happened, it mm. probably would have been very different. But in a, in a way, it was a good thing because it meant that I, I stayed here. I had to stay here. I had to get to know the country. I had to make friends mm. very quickly. And I got to travel a lot within the country as well because we, we couldn't really move around the world that much at the time. So um, I think um, it's really only been in the last year now that I've really started to remember that there's a world out there. <laughs> It's funny, you think like after, yeah, even just two years, it's made it coming together as people again. I feel like it's giving us a bit of like a, a shock in a way, like, oh, person in real life. So that makes total sense. What's your favourite thing about Estonia? I think actually the seasons. I'm in Australia, mm-hmm. we don't, I mean, some parts of Australia maybe have seasons, like I think Tasmania, if I think about it. But Sydney, where I'm from, is very much like mostly summer. And then there's mm-hmm. a few weeks of sort of cold cool you know dry winter in quotation marks and that's about it but here they have like they really have the full seasons and they have this really dynamic transformation between each season and and at the moment you know we're moving into sort of from between spring into summer and just it's just absolutely beautiful seeing all of nature coming alive and not just the like the leaves and the trees and the animals, but also the people as well. Like the oh. the Estonian people are so they're so connected to the nature here and the land, the forests and everything. Mm. So they're sort of almost you can visibly see how happy and like sunny and talkative and cheerful the people become as nature also perks up as well. So I think that that side is probably my favorite. That's so sweet. I was like kind of getting caught up in the sort of the story of that then. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like actually the nature here is is something that I think a lot of people maybe don't know about around the world. Mm. If you've ever been to Norway or Sweden or Finland, you would know that there are a lot of forests like in the, and, and, you know, these beautiful silver birch trees and pine trees and these kinds of things, oak trees as well. And there's really lovely lakes and like bogs where you can walk and see bird life and deer and moose and all these types of animals as well. And Estonia actually has a little bit of that as well. Um, it doesn't have any mountains. It's very flat, mm-hmm. but it does have beautiful forests and lakes and these kind of what they call bogs, which are like sort of swampy, lakey, peat-filled areas where there's a lot of diverse um, flora and fauna. So, And then the other thing that Estonia has, which I think surprises people, is it has islands. It has over 2,000 islands. Some are really small, but yeah. the, the bigger ones are really nice, actually, destinations to go and stay. And you can stay in Airbnbs there. And, and you know, Estonia has a very digital landscape as well. Mm. So everywhere has Wi-Fi. So you don't have to worry about that. So for, for any... The digital, dream. Yeah. So for any <laughs> anyone who's who's a digital nomad who likes kind of getting away from the normal and, and 
being sort of, you know, a little bit more remote, a little bit more in solitude. I think uh, these islands are a really nice place to visit for that as well. Mm. Now, Chris from um, the panel, so um, House of Hiatus, Chris, who yes. put a picture up on LinkedIn from like a lake that he, I don't know, I don't know if he'd been wild, wild swimming that day, but he had like taken a hip flask of tea and like gone to this beautiful lake and it just looked unreal. It just honestly looks so peaceful and then on top of the fact that they have wi-fi there too kind of like do we need anything more do we need anything more (laughs) yeah and i think the the country itself is like growing in terms of the facilities it provides for digital nomads and remote Mm. workers it's something that they're putting effort into like making sure that businesses are prepared for for foreigners who come here and work and maybe aren't necessarily staying for like you know, ages, but maybe like a month at a time or something. So there are more and more places, not just in Tallinn, the capital city, but also in some of the smaller towns like Tartu, which is a beautiful university town on a river in southeastern Estonia, or Narva, which is the summer capital, which is on the Baltic coast. And then also the islands, as I mentioned as well, there are some, there are more things popping up there, I think, for people to to find and, and locate themselves and stay and, yeah. It sounded like such a like hidden gem, and it, yeah, the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, oh, it's, it's got to be on the list. It's got to be on the list. Like, obviously, there's Latitude 59 coming up. Are you going to that? I am. Yes, we going, we're going to have like most of our team there, cool. um, along with our colleagues at um, Invest Estonia and Visit Estonia, the tourism board, and work in Estonia as well. So, um, if anyone is in town in at the end of mm-hmm. May, please come and find us will be very prominent I'm sure in the festival and uh, we're all very friendly and we'll, we can chat to you about Estonia and e-residency and everything so for sure yeah. everyone's so <laughs> like happy to help and just so community driven I think that's what the vibe that I got from the panel in London that it it's just such a refreshing energy of entrepreneurs and businesses who just want to like create a big community what do you think is kind of like the most appealing side of like, do you want to just talk to us a bit more about it? Like the entrepreneur side, the startup side, like tell us about it. Yeah. So I think even before you get to the community part and the, the entrepreneurship culture here, um, the, the way that the country has developed over the last 30 years is that they've basically made sure that everything can be done online digitally. Mm -hmm. So I think the ease of doing business online and from anywhere is probably the number one draw card. It just means that you don't have to worry about like paperwork. You don't have to worry about notaries, getting things stamped. It's just, it's all very streamlined, digitally done from starting the company to running it, doing taxes, doing um, accounting, these kinds of things. So that's sort of the first big, I think, benefit of, um, of doing business in Estonia compared to some other countries. But then, like you mentioned, the community is a huge aspect and not just, I would say, the e-residency community, but the, 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 the business and the startup community in Estonia. I mean, it's a small, it is a small populated country, but it feels very integrated and networked. So you'll be, you're only like one person away from knowing the right person at this startup or the right person in government who can help you get your way through, you navigate your way through regulation, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. And the events like Latitude, like Startup Day and Tartu are, are the best way to, to get to know that and to meet people and uh, sort of integrate yourself into the culture here. And um, everyone speaks English as well in, in the business scene. So that, that makes things a bit easier. Mm-hmm. 
And Estonians just in general, like I've said this so many times, I feel like a broken record, but they, they're kind of entrepreneurial in their DNA. They, and not in a way that they like want to make money, but it's just, they want to solve problems. Mm. So if you have any, anything that you need help with, or you have questions about, or you have issues, or you want to just meet the right person, talk to the, talk to people here. Even if you're not here, connect on LinkedIn, ask for their advice, and they will try and help you because it is very much in their nature to do that, to, to, to solve issues and, and, and help you navigate business and, and the startup ecosystem here. That's so refreshing to hear. Like it's, it sounds really exciting, but I'm just, I'm just thinking for people who maybe already are freelance or already have a small business or can people still apply for e-residency? Is that still a thing? Yeah, if you can definitely apply, um, uh, if you're a freelancer and for example, you're a sole Mm. trader, so you, you know, you, you're self-employed, for example, um, you don't have a company, have a look and see if, becoming an e-resident and starting a private limited company in Estonia could be a benefit for you because when you're a sole trader, when you're when you're self-employed, you're obviously personally responsible for all the work you do and like the debts and liabilities that you have in your activities. When you have a private limited private limited company, you can limit your liability to the company. So and you can pay yourself a salary or a fee from contract your services from your company. So you can sort of protect yourself in that sense. So having an OU in, in Estonia, which is the name of a private limited company here, could actually be a benefit for freelancers. If you already have a business, then it really depends on what you're looking to do. So for example, if you're in the UK and you have a business in the UK and you're and you're actually realizing that most of your clients are in the are in Europe and you're doing most of your work in in Euros or you need to apply for like funding in Europe or a grant or something in Europe and you can't use your British company, then maybe having a, a European company based in Estonia would be one uh, option for you. Or if you live outside of Europe um, in third countries, for example, if you're in uh, in Turkey or in Ukraine, and so you're just outside the EU, but you have a lot of work and activities that you want to do here, having a, an OU in, in Estonia could be a really good way of doing that. The third option I, I'll talk, the third type of person I'll talk about are other Europeans, um, because obviously the having the company in the EU part is not necessarily the like the catch for them, but they might live in a country like Spain or Germany or even France where it's very expensive to start a company there, um, and it's also very expensive to run it, and there's a lot of bureaucracy to get there, so it often takes a really long time. Of, and paperwork and like visiting lawyers and notaries and accountants to get your business up and running. Whereas if you're an e-resident, you can do it in a few hours online. So those are just a few reasons why you might, if, if you're already an entrepreneur or a freelancer and you, you know, you're looking at e-residency and wondering whether it's for you, that there, there are a few things that maybe you can think about in your own activities about becoming an e-resident. I've been thinking about it more and more, honestly. Like some of this is for me as well, but I know that for some people they will also be thinking about it, especially from the UK. Yeah, it keeps coming into like kind of popping up on my to-do list more, like the more I talk about it with people. Um, that seems like such a simple, straightforward system. And yeah, the fact that you can have it done in a few hours, that's crazy. That's so wild. Well, it takes, I just want to make sure, I just want to clarify that becoming an e-resident takes longer than a few hours. The application form, the online application form takes probably about 30 Mm -hmm. minutes to an hour, but then you need to wait for the, because it is a government issued document, the police and border guard of Estonia do a background check. 
and that can take a couple of weeks. And then the card, the digital ID card is actually sent to a pickup location of your choice um, around the world. And uh, it, that can take a week or two to get there as well. So, you know, it might take anywhere between like two weeks and eight weeks to actually get that ID card in your hand. But once you have the ID card, then you can start the company. And that process is really quick. You can do that in a couple of hours. So, yeah, that, I just want to make sure that that's really clear to people yeah. that, that are listening. I also wanted to say that around the e-residency program, we've built up a directory of private business service providers to help e-residents. So, and they, and they provide services to different types of e-residents. So there are some that specialize in freelancers or solopreneurs, as, mm. as we call them. For example, Zolo is quite a well-known uh, brand in, in that space. Uh, in Spain, there's another one called Companio who, who are helping solopreneurs as well uh, start businesses and run them. And then there are sort of more the bigger firms like EY or PwC or mm. there's a few there's a few local ones in here in in Estonia as well. Silverhunt they can help bigger companies with their operations in Estonia. So this is this is something that we've um, curated on our website. It's called the Eresidency Marketplace. And there are over a hundred private business service providers there, like, and they know about, you know, starting business in Estonia. They know about the sort of things to look out for, whether it's accounting, whether it's taxes, which is something that you know everyone needs to think about when starting a business. And they can help with all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to mention that as well, so that for those of you who might be thinking, oh, this all sounds great, but like a bit intimidating. You know, you can get help as well. That's really, really cool. That's that's I didn't didn't even know that. So that's really awesome that there's those support systems in place for sure. And I guess like off the back of that, is there anything that you think that other countries can learn from this system? Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 really cool thing about e-residency, which I which sort of attracted me to it from the start, is the the fact that there is a government who's willing to provide services to people outside its mm. borders for the good of the country, but also for the good of, of those people as well. It's this kind of idea of government as a service mm. um, and not just for its own citizens, but for people, you know, interested in supporting and, and, and um, giving back to Estonia. So one thing that we've noticed over the, over the eight, nine years that the program has been running, and I think this was a bit surprising to Estonia, is that e-residents say like they they get a real feeling of being like a digital citizen mm. of the country and it makes them want to come here it makes them want to meet estonian people it makes them some of them even want to learn the language they want to uh, know about the history the culture everything so not only does this program provide you know some financial benefits in terms of taxes and indirect economic benefits you know through the service providers that i mentioned but it also provides uh, socio-cultural benefits as well and so I think that other countries could learn fr from that, not just for people outside their borders, maybe even for their own citizens <laughs> about how to, how to actually serve their own citizens in a way that is helpful and useful and uh, helps them grow um, as people. There are a few other countries who are providing e-residency-like programs. So I think Lithuania, which is, you know, our neighbour down here in the Baltics, they've set up a program. It's not quite as developed as the Estonian one. Um, Portugal has also talked about it. It hasn't. It hasn't seemed to have been gone any further recently. But they, they've also um, got something going on. Uh, and Dubai also have a similar program called the Virtual Company Creation 
program and, and Azerbaijan as well. So there are definitely countries who are like looking at it. Oh, and Ukraine as well. Cool. So it, I think that, um, that sometimes, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery. And, and I think um, we're actually quite happy to see that because it means that there's more understanding about what it is and how it can help people. And, you know, different countries can help different people from around the world in different ways. So, yeah, I think those are just a few examples of how other countries can learn from this program for sure. That is so true. But I think also it's understanding that like digital nomad tourism and like long stay visitors also like have such different, have just that little bit extra to add to countries as well. Like we're mm-hmm. not just people who come in, visit a country and leave. Like there is actually a whole other like way that, you know, long stay visitors contribute to the countries they go to because of systems like e-residency as well. So I think there's, it's a, such an interesting conversation that's beginning to appear. Yeah, and, and many of our e-residents are digital nomads themselves. And, we, you know, we're, we're not expecting them to stay in Estonia at all. But the, the beauty of e-residency is that they don't have to. Mm. They can have their, their company based here and then they can travel and they can go and stay in Portugal. They can go and stay in Cape Verde or in um, Mexico or whatever it is. But we have noticed that, mo- like many of them, many of our, many of sort of our old like OG e-residents, they do that, but they always come back at some yeah. point and they come to these events like Latitude that we mentioned before. They, you know, make some of their strategic board decisions in Estonia. They they hire staff here or have like an office um, where they can come back to every year, once or twice a year. Uh, and that helps them not just keep close to the Estonian ecosystem and, and the people and the, and the business culture as well, but also it helps them for tax purposes and for, for banking purposes as well. So <laughs> it's quite clever the way that they've structured their operations, that they can still have the freedom to travel and, and be wherever they want, but they also have this sort of foot in the door in Estonia through their e-resident, uh, e-residency permit and also their, their company as well. That sounds super, super exciting. And honestly, I wish I could pick your brains more and chat to you more and hear more about your thoughts on it. But I'm just conscious of your time. So final question that I like to ask everybody. So fill in the blank. Home is where? Oh, I think home is where the heart is, really. Wherever my heart is, that's where I am. <laughs> and at the moment, my heart is with me in myself. So <laughs> <laughs> good, good. That's where we want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> my spiritual heart, I should say. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Well, Hannah, thank yeah. you so, so much for chatting to me today. And yeah, obviously everybody needs to go check out e-residency and see what it's about. And the digital nomad visa for Estonia, right? Yeah. So this is something that I didn't mention that I will just quickly plug, yeah. I think. The Digital Nomad Visa is a separate program to e-residency, but we we still helped a little bit with the marketing of that program when it launched. So um, we do have some resources on our website, but most of the resources around the Digital Nomad Visa are now on the Tourism Estonia website. But if anyone has any questions, they are most welcome to contact me and I can put you in touch with the right people. And yeah, so just wanted to make that clear that they are two separate things and, you know, we can help with both if anyone has questions. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Hannah. It's been really, really nice talking to you today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Remote Life. And thank you, Hannah, for taking the time to speak with us. You can find links to Hannah's profiles as well as the e-residency website below. Thank you so much again for listening and we can't wait to remote work with you again soon.